This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. It was a day filled with emotion for many Indigenous people in Canada as Pope Francis made an apology for church-run residential schools. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, the long-awaited apology took place on Canadian soil. The Pope traveled to Maskawashis, south of Edmonton, Monday, to the site of a former Indian residential school where he made history, begging forgiveness. Here's some of what he said through a translator. Estoy dolido. I am sorry. Pido perdón en particular. I ask forgiveness in particular for the ways in which many members of the church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference in projects of cultural destruction and forced assimilation. The Catholic Church ran 60% of the government-funded church-run residential schools. They operated from the late 1800s to 1996. Over more than a century, about 150,000 Native children were taken from their homes and forced to attend the schools. Thousands were physically, sexually, or emotionally abused, their languages and cultures stripped from them. After the Pope's apology, an Indigenous woman, tears streaming down her face, stood and sang O Canada in her Native Cree. Many Native leaders welcomed the apology, saying it might bring closure to some, but for some it would also open old wounds. George Arcan Jr. is the Grand Chief of the Confederation of Treaty Six First Nations. He says the apology is only the beginning. The wrongs of the past need to be righted. I see Pope Francis's apology today as only a first step in the Church making amends towards our people. After meeting with the Pope and hearing his words today, I believe there's a path forward. The Pope also met with parishioners of the Sacred Heart Church of the First Peoples, Canada's only designated Indigenous Church. Today he will hold an open-air Mass in Edmonton's Commonwealth Stadium. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. Lakota journalist Tim Gallego is being remembered for his dedication to Native American news and Native rights. He passed away on Sunday. South Dakota Public Broadcasting's Lee Strubinger has more. Tim Gallego was many things in the news world. He started several newspapers, including the Lakota Times, Lakota Journal, and Native Sun News. Gallego got his start in journalism during the Korean War when an editor for the base newspaper was transferred. The commanding officer saw how well Gallego typed and made him the editor. Here, Gallego in 2021 talked about his start in journalism on SDPB's In the Moment. I felt we needed to have something that would provide information and report the happenings in the schools and the tribal government and in places that weren't being uh, reported upon. So that's the main reason I started. And, and then I found out as I was going along that there's some things we could do as, as an advocate for Indian rights. Gallego's papers led an investigation into bank housing loans that prompted the Department of Justice to look into unfair practices. He also wrote extensively about boarding schools in South Dakota. We worked together both as colleagues and rivals for 40 years. That's Mark Trahant, editor for Indian Country Today. I think perhaps the greatest legacy, though, may be the number of people he inspired to become journalists. Gallego was 88 years old. Funeral plans have not been announced yet. I'm Lee Strubinger, 
in Rapid City. The FBI announced Monday an effort to address missing and murdered indigenous people in New Mexico and the Navajo Nation. A list of 170 names has been released in an effort to improve reporting on missing indigenous people and draw attention to unsolved cases. The list can be found online at fbi.gov MMIP. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Indian Loan Guarantee and Insurance Program has worked with lenders for almost 50 years, supporting them as they support you. Have an idea to improve your tribal economy? Information at bia.gov DCI, which supports this show. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.